0: R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio R E A Audio R E A Audio R E A Audio Audio R-E-A, Audio R E A Audio Reemployability
1: Reemployability What's your emotional temperature right now? It probably depends on where you are and what time of day it is. Do you remember your emotional temperature back in October of 2020? We were seven months into COVID. Most of us were isolated working at home. There was a ton of uncertainty about our health and economy. There was political division with an election coming up and threats of social unrest. Boy, it's not too much different than it is now, right? So in this trust depleted world, how do we forge connections with those people that we're accountable to? The injured workers that we work with each and every day, our bosses, our families, and loved ones too. Reemployability's owner and CEO, Deborah Livingston, hosted a webinar in October of 2020 with retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, former U.S. Army Green Beret and founder of Rooftop Leadership. There are a lot of parallels between what Scott discusses and what Dr. Claire and I talked about over the past few weeks. Even more, all these things are just as relevant today as they were in 2020. This episode of REA Audio is part of that webinar and it'll help you understand why your emotional temperature does what it does and give you some tools to manage that temperature in both yourself and those with whom you work and live.
0: I'd kind of like to start by asking you um, to share your journey as a Green Beret and how that has translated to business and why you think that message is so important right now to share.
2: I would say that looking back when since I was 14 years old, I wanted to be a Green Beret. It was one, you know, I'm very blessed in that I knew what I wanted to do. Even when I was growing up in a little logging town in, in Mount Ida, Arkansas, we didn't even have a stoplight. Uh, but but I met a Green Beret when I was 14. He came into our soda shop and his name was Mark. And I met this guy. He was completely decked out in all his gear. His his boots were bloused and the beret on his head and I just I had no clue what the guy did, but I knew it's what I wanted to do. It was just one of those moments that you just know. And he sat down with me and that guy ended up mentoring me all the way through retirement. You know, he mentored me for decades. And But what, what I loved even more than the, the way he looked in all of his, you know, his uniform and everything was the, the mission. When he told me about special forces, uh, the nickname, the Green Berets, he, he helped me understand that Green Berets are very, very different than all the other elite forces that you see in the movies, the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers, uh, Delta Force. Those organizations are the best in the world at kicking in doors and taking down targets, and they usually operate on their own. Whereas Green Berets are kind of a combination of John Wick, um, Lawrence of Arabia, and the Verizon guy. You know, I mean, like they're, they're this eclectic combination of a modern-day T. E. Lawrence, but yet they they, they have to have lethality, uh, but yet only when necessary. And then they're these relationship-based connectors. Uh, we go into these places that are you know way behind enemy lines, and we basically mobilize indigenous people to stand up on their own. And we have no authority over them. We're usually outnumbered, uh, so we immerse ourselves in the language, the culture, and we build relationships. And and then we lead people. Uh, what I call rooftop leadership, we inspire them to go to the rooftop and fight back of their own volition. And so, over decades of doing that, I and mean, I, again, I, I, I as soon as I got out of uh, high school, I went into college and then the army. Um, I think I failed every school in the army probably like three times. I was a runt, a runt of a kid. I mean, like when they saw me show up to special forces training, like they were literally laughing at me. Um, but you know, I just stuck with it, and, and eventually, I made it through. Um, I did, um, and, and I got my green beret. It took a long time; it was a long journey. But when I got it, um, you know, I spent about 18 years of my 23-year career deployed overseas, most of that in combat, places like Colombia, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, multiple tours, and and really putting into play this relationship-based connecting skill. And then when I got home from the military, deb and retired. Um, You know, I looked around and I wasn't sure what was next for me, but I but I didn't like what I saw at home. It looked like so many of our business leaders and our communities were just racked with the same kind of problems we had in Afghanistan and and Iraq, which was this low trust, just this churn. And and so I thought, man, what if I could take my leadership and connection skills and teach them to business leaders? And that began rooftop leadership about eight years ago. and, And that's what I've been doing ever since. So leadership is the management of energy. I always say to leaders is the first person you got to lead is yourself, right? The first person that we have to lead is ourself, because if we can't lead ourself uh, in in crisis or chaos, then what will happen is no one else is going to trust us because we look like we don't trust ourselves. Um, Let's take a moment and say, okay, how do I lead myself going into this next run? because I have to. If I can't lead myself, I can't lead others. And I would say one of the most important things we can do is what I call emotional temperature. Emotional temperature. And and the reason for that is uh, humans, we are meaning-seeking, emotional creatures, and we operate off emotion, right? When things happen to us, we operate, we navigate the world off emotion. Alan Weiss The uh, million-dollar consultant, he says, logic makes people think, emotion makes people act. So when you look at what's happened here over the last six, fear, uncertainty, isolation, and then all your folks watching who've carried the load, it's you guys that have carried the big rucksacks. It's you that have had to make payroll, keep the doors open. Well, there's a cost to leadership. There's a cumulative cost. And so what happens is you live up here in what's called a parasympathetic state, Right? And it's primal, and it basically is fight, flight, or freeze. And it's where your cortisol levels go up, testosterone levels go down, and it's, it's a 250,000-year-old mechanism that allows you to operate at this highly aroused state so you can fight, you can run, or you can freeze and survive. But it ain't designed for a six-month run.
0: <laughs> <Right? we're> exhausted. <laughs>
2: We're, we're we're exactly right. Yeah. So the first thing is we got to get this into our language is that our emotional temperatures are super high. So what do we want? We want to be in a para. Uh, excuse me, I, I said this wrong. Sympathetic state up here. We want to be in a parasympathetic state, right? And what that basically means is calm and connect. That is the antithesis of sympathetic state. It's when the cortisol levels drop, testosterone levels go up our toes uncurl and we can metabolize all that energy that just happens and we're designed for it. Right. right? But we've just got to learn how to do that. We got to get ourselves down in that parasympathetic state a lot. And a lot of that is breathing. I'm telling business leaders today, you know, put your hand on your belly, expand on the inhale, squeeze belly to spine on the exhale, like three to five times often. And
0: and and, and, get
2: that emotional temperature down.
0: Agreed, and and that's definitely helped me as well. And but one of the other things that's really helped me is this thing about relatability, right? And so, um, like for me, who who manages a, a, a company and has a lot of employees, um, how to how to relate to those individuals um, and connect with them so that um, well, one, so that I'm not I'm not presenting fear because even though I might be. Afraid of what the future holds. Um, I don't want to convey that. So, can you talk a little bit about that and how we as leaders can um, kind of like get to that point where we're not afraid? And then, how do we connect with those around us to help them not be afraid?
2: Yeah, and I'm just going to talk really honest on this. Like, first of all, I, I believe that fear is contagious yeah. because we're we're social creatures, so we mirror each other. And I've seen this happen in combat, where if the leader demonstrates fear you have a problem because it will run through your ranks, you know, faster than COVID. Um, so, so fear is contagious, but guess what? So is leadership. Leadership is contagious, right? And so, and, and it's hard because we have to demonstrate uh, that we have our own emotional temperature in check first. I'm telling you, it doesn't, you can say or do whatever you want. If you don't get your emotional temperature down first, then the people around you are going to reflect your emotional temperature. So you talked about relatability you know, maybe think about this, maybe think about that the opposite of fear is not courage. It's actually love. And I know that you're like, did the Green Beret just really say that? But, um, yeah. but it's true. Uh, Stephen Pressfield talks about it in his book, The Warrior Ethos. And when I think about the warriors who, uh, the leaders who I followed, And who I would run through walls for in combat. They were the lead. I knew they loved us. I knew they cared about us deeply. And I knew they loved the mission. And I knew they loved what we were about. And and, and that's what we fought for. You know, we didn't fight because they had their hands on their hips and they inspired us. Like, that doesn't work. You know, humans actually follow the other human who is relevant to their goal and relatable to their pain.
0: So, that's, that's so, yeah, so you bring up a really good point because you you were in these incredibly low trust environments, right? And, yeah. um, and really, while we're not in that kind of a war, you know, um, in Afghanistan or, or wherever that was in the Middle East, um, we are in a very low trust environment right now, whether it's Um, Not believing the COVID numbers, whether it's not trusting our leaders, whether it's nobody wants to believe what the media says, um, civil unrest, all of these things, right? All this, all this low trust. So I know that you have experience in that. And, um, and so how would you say that we translate that into our world? Like, how can we create more trust um, in these, in this time where we have very little, like, what can we do?
2: Yeah. So if you think about it, we talked about the emotional temperature, so, so you,
0: you talked about the breathing and bringing our yeah, temperature
2: down. Yeah, yeah, and so that's just to help yourself. I mean, just to you know find ways to, and I can I can share more of those as we go on. More ways to get yourself down here, but the, remember that if this is you right here, and this is uh, this is your associate right here, uh, they are going to mirror what you do. So if you're up here in a in a sympathetic state because the numbers just came in. And you don't like the numbers, then they're gonna they're gonna reflect that. They're gonna mirror that, right? So the so the first thing when you talk about when you talk about building trust, when you talk about um, managing energy, like you want your people down here. This is where we want them to be. Uh, so the two things that I always say at the highest level are re- relevance and relatability. You know, first of all, am I relatable to their pain? Do I know what their pain is? And, 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 am I clear on that? Because if you're not, then they're just going to give you the screensaver from whatever organization you're in. Like they, they, they they'll, they'll smile politely or whatever, but if you, if they don't get a sense that you are relatable to their pain, they're not re- in a crisis. Like they're not coming, right. <laughs> they're not going to follow in a crisis because everything's on the line. It is combat. Because the the reason I say it is a war is because the same sympathetic state that shows up in a firefight is exactly what's happening right now. The brain doesn't know the difference between your your four hundred one k crashing and a near ambush. Right. The, the brain can't tell. The brain is elevated, so it starts with and I'm this is not kumbaya stuff. I'm not saying that like we all hug it out and but you <laughs> do need to be super relatable. I mean, that's that, when we talk about vulnerability, actually it's relatability. When someone gets a sense that you get their pain and you know where they are, um, that's what helped us in special forces more than anything else with those tribes was that we really worked hard to get a sense of where they were. And then the other thing is being relevant to their goals is understand like what they uh, believe in, what they want to achieve, and just demonstrating that you get that. Right, That it's, in, it's in integrated and inculcated into what you're doing. Right. One other thing I'll say real quick, Deb, is that Daniel Coyle, in his book Culture Code, which is a great book, by the way, if you, if you can get to it in this time for high-performing cultures, it's a great book. He studies these high-performing cultures all over the world. And Coyle says that every high-performing culture needs three things. And I think for all of us as business leaders, these would be a great three metrics or great three questions to ask ourselves. Uh, COILS three are, first, there needs to be psychological safety. Two is there needs to be deep human connection. And three, there needs to be a shared future. Now, what I want to get across to everybody watching this, this isn't theory, this is primal, like we, we, we follow this as Green Berets in the most dangerous places on earth because we know that's what a human needs to take action and connect to a group. So in a time of crisis, I'm looking, at my, I'm looking around and I'm going, am I safe psychologically? What does that mean to a business leader? Well obviously they're thinking about their resources and am I going to have my job but they're also even thinking can I speak my mind right now without being landed on with all four feet <laughs>
0: right
2: you know am I safe you know psychological safety am I connected does my boss get me do my teammates get me is there is there a level of empathy here and is there a shared future that's a big one because if we can't communicate and illuminate a shared future in a time of crisis they will not see it. You have to paint it.
1: Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listen to REA.com. Next week, we'll finish up with part two of our 2020 webinar with retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, founder of Rooftop Leadership. Scott will share how to be relevant and create human relationships in these trust depleted times, making you better at work and at life. If you want to learn more about Scott, visit rooftopleadership.com. Have an awesome and impactful rest of your day.